just a warning before we start, this In Conversation podcast will be talking frankly about the millions of young men who use Viagra or other similar drugs to aid and enhance their erections. The content in this podcast will be explicit. It's the night time, and in this advert, a cartoon couple are looking for a moment of intimacy after a long day. But the man has been working hard in bed, and his phone goes off. He must return to his laptop for work. The couple grow increasingly distant, each night spending time in bed together, but on their own. Texting, scrolling, working. At one point, they finally find time for each other, but the man fails to maintain an erection, leaving the couple disappointed. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. But at the end of the advert, something has changed. The couple once again connect and their relationship is on the mend. The closing shot revealed that the man has been aided by a little blue pill with the branding Viagra Connect. In 2018, Viagra Connect became available to buy over-the-counter at pharmacies in the UK. This drug contains the same active ingredient as Viagra, sildenafil, which is available on prescription, but the dose can be slightly different. Another way that the two drugs are different, though, is the way they're marketed. The advertising campaign for Viagra Connect takes a more emotional perspective, portraying the struggle as a common health issue caused by the stresses of modern life rather than a physical problem with control or performance. With the -the over-the-counter Viagra, it's less about age or physiological erectile dysfunction and more about being a tool for younger men who might feel they just need some help. And it seems to be working. The company says that more than 7 million Viagra Connect pills were sold in the UK in one year. Nearly two-thirds of those customers were between the ages of 25 and 54. But even if you're in a country where you can't get the -the over-the-counter variant of the drug, the maturing digital health tools and online consultations means it's easier than ever to access erectile dysfunction medication, even for those that might not have a traditionally diagnosed physical problem. So, what's behind young men's rush for the little blue pill? This is In Conversation from Medical News Today. I'm Dr. Hilary Geit. Today we'll be exploring Viagra and other similar drugs. Are these pills a harmless quick fix? Or are they being relied upon too much? Is there a wider cause for concern? And how can this inform us about the relationship between the physical and mental health of young men? Before we dive into today's conversation, we spoke to three young men who all had different reasons for using erection-enhancing medication. 
but none of them had a physical concern with their erections. I was 19 when I first used Viagra. I'd been with my girlfriend for almost a year, but we hadn't had sex yet. Neither of us had done it before. We were both really into it and we did all the other stuff, but every time that I tried to put it in, my penis would go soft. I quite quickly saw my doctor about it because it was putting a strain on our relationship. I was referred to a few sessions with sex therapists, but after that, we still had no luck. I felt so ashamed and useless. I don't know why my girlfriend stayed with me. It was making her upset. It made her feel like she wasn't attractive enough, but I knew that there was something wrong with me. I was so anxious about losing my virginity. Eventually, after going back to the doctor again, she reluctantly prescribed me with Viagra. I got too nervous the first time I took it, so I didn't feel aroused enough to do it. But after another attempt, we were finally able to have sex. It felt amazing. I was so relieved. And that sort of broke down a barrier. I used the pills a few times after that, maybe after having a few drinks, or if I was feeling particularly worried. But I didn't really need it. There was a point, though, where I was using half a pill a bit too regularly, and I started to worry about having sex without it. But luckily the packet ran out and I didn't go back to the doctor for another prescription. So that sort of fixed that. For me, Viagra pushed me over this mental wall that I had built up around sex, where nothing else seemed to work. The next person we talked to was in his 50s, is very healthy and exercises regularly. He'd recently come out of a long-term relationship. I asked him when he first tried Viagra. Summer last year. I had some anxiety about whether I would be able to keep an erection with some casual partners. And this in part was was triggered by an experience with a particular casual partner who kind of primed me ahead of our encounter that, you know, he wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be a problem. Right. And had you actually had a problem with your erection prior to that? Um, sort of quite a level of social pressure from this encounter? Yeah, I think there were inklings of problems. I remember one encounter where I did have an erection and it started to wane and we hadn't got to the point of, if you like, getting to an orgasm. And that obviously caused me some concern because, you know, I wasn't wasn't able to, to see the thing through. And you and I both know those things happen. How did you interpret that yourself? I, I think it was it was the nature of being in a more casual thing with people and you know if I did have a problem then I wouldn't be able to negotiate you know I wouldn't be able to say well today's not the day let's do something else those options and avenues didn't feel like they were open to me. Mm. So what was it like when you took the Viagra? I would describe it as quite unpleasant maybe 30 minutes after popping the pill I had a headache, flushing, face was red, heart was racing it was uncomfortable and not a feeling that I would associate with with sex at all. Not at all sexy. No, not at all. No. Um, I think it did result in an erection of sorts, but it didn't feel like a normal erection. And I didn't associate it with them wanting to reach an orgasm. And I, I popped the pill. I was on my own. I wasn't with a partner at the time. It was an experiment. So how is it now then? How did you overcome that? anxiety you had about performance then without the pills? I realised that taking Viagra wasn't a way out of that particular anxiety. So I continued to have partners, but didn't really experience that problem again. 
In fact, that, that sort of anxiety went away and then got into a longer term relationship with someone at the beginning of this year. And being in that relationship enables me to negotiate, actually. If I don't feel like it's going to be the day for performance, then there are other options that are available to us that result in us still having a good time. So it's that level of intimacy. Yeah, that, that's important. Yeah, it's the ability to, to sort of say what you want and be able to say, well, today's not the day, no big deal. Tomorrow might be the day. Mm-hmm. And that's important because the sense I got from the previous experience is that it could turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Thinking that you had a problem could then result in actually having a problem with an erection. Absolutely. And just the final question now, um, do you think dating apps have an influence on this level of pressure? I think some of the dating apps are very focused on um, on the penis. These are gay dating apps. Yeah. My own experience is gay, obviously, but I would discriminate between dating and hookup. So hookup for a casual encounter, very different culture that builds up and one that's often based around trading pictures of various body parts. So it's the penis becomes very commodified. Are you embarrassed talking about this? No, I'm not. And I, I think I would have been, before I kind of started to have a, a bit more sex than I had in the past, I would have been embarrassed. But I've broken down that barrier. And actually, I think it's perfectly normal. Everybody does it. I think you'd be more worried about me if I didn't have any sex. Next, Medical News Today's Yasmin Sakai, who we'll hear from later, talked to a young man about his ongoing experience using Viagra. First time I used Viagra would have been when I was maybe 19 or 20 years old, seven or eight years ago. It was on a night out, so I'd actually met a girl. We'd went out clubbing and I'd had a lot to drink and I was with someone that just so happened to have a couple of Viagra pills in his wallet and that was the first time I tried it. So I took one of those before I went back to the hotel with said girl. If it's not too personal, how recently did you last use it? So like a Viagra pill would have been maybe over a year ago, but I've used, it's like a gel form. And I used that maybe three months ago. I found that it was like, it's like an instant worker. Whereas with a pill form, a Viagra pill, you have to sort of premeditate when you're going to use it. You might be, say, in a bar and think, I'm going home soon, and you have to take it then for it to work in an hour's time or an hour and a half's time. So when you were taking the pill form, yeah, how worried were you and... Did you experience any side effects? It's hard to say because a lot of the time when I've used that, I've been sort of under the influence of alcohol. Uh-huh. So it's hard to sort of tell. But um, I, I had once had a side effect where I was partaking in other narcotics, so cocaine, and I then used Viagra and I experienced really bad heart palpitations. But um, apart from that, whenever I've been sort of semi-sober or just had a few drinks, I've never had any side effects at all. So on average, without any medications like Viagra. How long do you think an erection should last? Uh, Well, my personal experience would have been the erection lasts sort of as long as the intercourse lasts Mm -hmm. and the foreplay and the intercourse lasts. So as soon as the intercourse is is over or I've finished, I've always found the erection just sort of dies off. Yeah. Um, Whereas with Viagra, you don't need no breaks in between. You Mm -hmm. you can finish and, and, and go again straight away. So... That's sort of what it brings to the table. So if you're ever trying to sort of impress a lady or on a weekend away and, yeah, Viagra sort of allows you to go and go again. Yeah, so was it to impress a partner, whether new or a long-time partner? It's an impressive mechanism. You're trying to impress the female. 
It's not that I wouldn't be open to doing it in a long-term relationship. I'd be a lot less likely to. So um, if I had the conversation that we wanted me to do it and we wanted to enjoy that experience together, then I would do it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't openly do it without telling the other partner. Whereas sometimes I would do it without telling a partner that I had not met for very long. So I was meeting for the first time tonight, but we knew we were going to mm-hmm. do it. I would take it and not tell them if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I don't know. Is that, is, that, is that a touchy subject? Should men say if they take it? Is it... Oh, that, that's a contentious subject. I don't know. How would you feel? Would you rather know if a man has taken a Viagra? Well, I would rather know, but that's the personal thing. Just in case anything went wrong, yeah. I could kind of, I'd know the signs. I'd yeah. be able to help medically, but that's because I'm kind of interested in the other person's health as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, and I don't know. You would have sort of feel deceived if someone took it and didn't tell you. Deceived. Deceived may be the wrong word, but... um. No, I think, well, it depends. Like, if you're going to continue seeing this person, yes, you would appreciate the honesty, yeah. even if it comes later. Yeah. But if you're not going to continue seeing them, I don't think you need to know it's anyway. Not it's not harming anyone, is it? No, no, yeah. I, I don't think so, but other people might. Yeah, no, of course. To unpick these stories of young men using erection-enhancing drugs, joining me in conversation are... My name is Edward Ratouche. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist and uh, the co-founder of Soho MD, a telepsychiatry and teletherapy practice in the United States. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm a accredited psychotherapist working for Relate, and I also work in a hospital with men that are struggling after they've had prostate cancer. And I'm Yasmin Nikolasakai, the global news editor at Medical News Today. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Hi, thank you for the invite. Hi. Good to meet you all. We heard there in the introduction about some healthy men who've either tried Viagra or Cialis, but not because they actually had long-standing erectile dysfunction or anything like that, but kind of maybe because of anxiety or they just wanted a psychological boost. So how do their stories match those of young people you see in your clinical practice? Dr. Edward Ratouche, uh, Eddie, I'll come to you first. Well, it's an interesting thing. When these medications were first launched, there was data being captured by the companies that were making them to try to indicate how successful their product is and how effective it was and you know what a game changer this is in the realm of sexual function, sexual dysfunction. The reality is they kind of swept under the rug their own statistics in the studies. And the most impressive one that I can't forget, and I'm sure Peter, you'll have something to say about this, is that even amongst men who had a successful pharmacological effect, i.e. they were able to achieve and maintain an erection for said activity, more than half of them stopped using the product within a few months. And that clearly indicates that there was a psychological component that was never being addressed. So now fast forward to today, where people are actually using this product, not for the physiological potential problems that men with time and disease will develop, but for the psychological. So there's been a shift in what we consider a bigger problem today. And that's interesting. As well as the actual men that are using it. It's younger men with anxiety. Yeah. And Peter? 
Yeah, I, I would say it's very regular for young men and slightly older men to come in saying that they are using Viagra as a way of reassurance more often. They can get erections at other times, but they get anxious, particularly in new situations, new relationships, or if they're going out casually, that they're using Viagra as a backup, really, because they're anxious something might go wrong. And are there other reasons you've come across men taking the drug? You know, if someone maybe takes alcohol or perhaps they're taking other drugs. Yeah. So Hillary, you're hitting it right smack on target. This is something I actually did over a decade ago. I contacted the companies and I asked them, I said, I have patients that want to make sure that they could take this medication safely. And they want to know if they could take it after copious amounts of alcohol and cocaine. What, what say you, pharmaceutical company that makes said drug? And the representative on the phone call just said, doctor, you got to make sure to tell your patients not to use drugs. And I'm like, hmm, I guess we're just going to ignore reality. And they intentionally don't do research with those parameters because they don't want to get the wrong information because then they have to acknowledge that they know that this is how their product is being used. And I don't think they want to do that. Peter. Yeah, I would agree. I think there are a number of things that get mixed up in it. A lot of young men will have seen porn and it's the link to feeling that to be able to be someone that they've seen performing in some of the porn, they think that they need to take the Viagra because otherwise they're not going to be able to manage. I think there's a bigger culture of chemsex that people are taking drugs and wanting to be sexual and, and getting involved in that field and needing a backup, needing to know that they're going to be okay. So that chemsex, just to explain that for people who are not used to that term. Yeah, so for a lot of men, they'll be using additional chemicals. So it can be anything. Quite often it's associated with cocaine or ketamine or something else where they're, they're feeling that by taking the drug, it's enhancing their sexual experience. And so the sexual experience that they're looking for is associated with drug taking as well. So it becomes a very recognised pattern that they're getting into, which might well be coming up towards the weekend, that they'll have a whole weekend fueled by taking a lot of drugs and being very sexual with either the same person or, or many people. I mean, one of the people we heard from earlier was saying that one of the reasons he wanted to take it was that he'd come out of a long relationship and was having lots of casual sex and so felt that he needed to follow through. Is is that something kind of almost like part of the bargain? Is that something you've come across as well? It's quite often associated with the idea that in a relationship where they've got a commitment and they're feeling more confident, they don't worry so much about performance. The erection becomes much more sustainable. It's a natural thing that happens. When the relationship breaks up or they're trying to have more casual relationships or trying to start a relationship, performance anxiety starts creeping in, the urgency, the sense that they will be judged or blamed if they don't get an erection, that men are supposed to always get erections. So the anxiety starts creeping in, quite often becomes self-fulfilling. The erection does start feeling uh, less certain. And so they start using Viagra as a way of regaining their confidence or feeling safe when they're going out. Yasmin, you had a question about trends. So I've been looking into the sales of Viagra and I've kind of seen this spike, especially in the UK, because the UK made a over-the-counter version of Viagra available called Viagra Connect. I see there's around 7 million pills sold within the first year that it was kind of brought onto the market. And when we look at the statistics, 60% of buyers are between 
the ages of 25 to 54. Do you think this rising trend in having access to this drug, what sort of effect do you think it's having on males today? You know, men have a particular kind of style to them in general, and that's they try stuff. And if you're going to give them something, they're going to try it. And uh, it works that way with young men and weightlifting supplements. It works that way with products like this. When people started using Viagra, the unfortunate part is that people moved away from actually talk therapy as a way of addressing their sexual issues. And the dynamic of feeling performance anxiety, like there's another partner involved. And if there was communication with that other partner, the fear about performance anxiety might not be there. So before a medication like this, therapists like Peter would be, would be working with men and their partners to create a way of communicating to one another so that they could feel as comfortable as possible in their lovemaking, right? But as people are saying, oh, well, it's casual sex, so there's no communication. But in a way, what's happening over time is we create a bigger and bigger rift between men and their partners about the communication involved in this dynamic. Now people are saying, well, I need this medicine. And I believe it's still based on prescription in the US. Is it not, Eddie? Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people take that has nothing to do with the prescription. They're called like gas station boner pills, where if you go and you're pumping gas in your car, you go into the convenience store and they have a bunch of products. And some of them actually have Viagra in them illegally in the black market. So a lot of the stuff that people take actually has pharmaceuticals and other things. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they get busted and sometimes they don't. But there's a lot of people taking those products, probably more so than the prescription pills. How easy is it in the US to get a prescription for Viagra? Very easy. If you could get yourself to a physician, you know, so whether if you have insurance or if you could afford to pay out of pocket to see a physician, then you could get this prescription because that's all it really takes. You know, if you tell a doctor the truth, and that is, look, I know I'm young and I know I'm not supposed to have a problem, but you know, uh, every time I try to have sex with this new girl I'm dating, I keep losing my erection and I don't want to lose this opportunity. You know, I really like her and I'm now stressed about this even more. And that's it. Well, the, even someone like me who has a lot of criticism about this way of behaving and, and the importance of doing the work in psychotherapy and to get to a better place without medicine, with this young person, you know, you're not helping them by denying them the script at this point. So staying with you, Eddie, at the moment, can you just take us through how these drugs work? Sure. The history of the pharmacology of these products uh, that started with Viagra was initially intended for the use in cardiac patients because the hope was that they were going to be able to dilate small cardiac vessels. When they did that study, they noticed that whether or not it had a cardiac effect, a lot of the men reported having erections that they might have not otherwise had normally because they might have had problems in more than one places with their blood flow. So it was discovered kind of serendipitously. And of course, realizing that there's a potential market for this, Pfizer had no problem pivoting and putting all their chips into this new pathway. Okay. Just tell us what it does to the body and why it only works when someone's already aroused, that it doesn't 
kind of work all the time, there's this level of control over it? Well, look, uh, these are medicines that ultimately dilate small vessels. The good thing about, I think, erections is that there's more to an erection than the medicine. And if you're not psychologically aroused at all, you don't have enough of a foundation to build upon for the medicines to work, is the way I would kind of think about it. It's like, you know, a rising tide raises all boats. And, you know, whether a person is amorous or not is kind of like the rising tide. Fine. So it's a very safe drug, isn't it? Peter, what, what side effects have you come across in your patients? Mostly it's very effective and they don't have any side effects, but side effects that they can notice because it's working throughout the system. You know, it's being pumped around the system. They, they can have palpitations. They can get quite extreme headaches. They can have that sense of feeling really pressured. And so some guys will stop taking it because the side effects are counterproductive. If you're feeling like you're going to have a heart attack or you've got a raging headache, you're not exactly going to feel sexual or turned on. I think there's also a distinction because I'm seeing guys coming because they're worried or they're wanting to change it or they're wanting to try and get away from being reliant on it more than anything else. It's helping them to understand that, as you were saying earlier, that Viagra is a facilitator. It doesn't give you the desire. You've got to have the natural desire. But if you're really, really anxious or you're taking too much alcohol or something else, it's not going to work. Can I butt in here and talk about dependency? Mm. Because when we look around a lot of discussions around Viagra, you can see that physically you can't really be dependent on it because you look at the active ingredients and stuff. There isn't anything that can kind of physiologically make you addictive, but it's more of a psychological dependency. So I thought maybe our experts could kind of weigh in on the psychological aspect of the drug. Well, I'm sure, Peter, you've noticed that men that use this drug in these casual relationships and let's say they're now moving into a more long-term relationship, it is a weaning process because they're still going to have times where they want to have it and other times where they don't. And that's because they want to be confident in bed. And if they've had experiences with the same partner that have been these great, fantastic experiences, and now they worry that without the drug, they're not going to match it, there's a period of time for that to happen if they even choose to go down that route. As you kind of alluded to, Yasmin, it's so tempting to use a pharmaceutical as a crutch when it is as effective as it is and with limited downside as it has. You know, flushing headaches, low blood pressure, and maybe a little bit of racing heart rate to offset that as the potential side effects. Most men are willing to deal with those side effects, especially if they're doing chemsex. They're, you know, taking a bunch of other drugs. You know, who cares about the few side effects of this one that works well otherwise? So, Peter, coming to you then, what well, I can't quite work out. So this is a drug that's very safe. What is the actual concern about psychological dependence with it? Like Ed was talking about, if you start getting into a committed relationship, it's quite often that you'll start noticing you become more confident, your erections are more consistent. You don't have to rely on medication. But it can become something in the relationship where partners saying, I don't feel good because it feels like you need to take a tablet to have sex with me. 
I want to feel that I'm attractive enough that you will be turned on by me and therefore it will work. So sometimes it's a direct effect from what partners are saying. And sometimes it's a recognition within the guy that's talking to me to say, I don't want to be reliant on the drug. I feel worried because if I'm relying on the drug, so the the sense of it is dependency and I don't want to be in that position. So it's how do I wean myself off it? I think it's also the spontaneity of sex goes because you have to take it beforehand. Yeah, exactly. You have to plan for it. What happens if we go away on holiday? I haven't taken enough pills. The anxiety then, because it's based on performance anxiety, if there isn't a, a real dysfunction, then they become increasingly anxious if I haven't got the tablet. I want to move us on now just to think, because we've kind of mentioned this a few times, about this pressure to perform. What do you think these trends, this self-medication, tells us about men's self-perception? Eddie, if I start with you. What it tells me most is that there's a big divide amongst heterosexual couples in what they understand about one another. Because clearly, there's much that men could still learn about themselves sexually and how they function and how to optimize their own physiology and functionality. The idea that not only do I have to understand myself, but then translate it to someone who doesn't have similar parts and similar experiences is, I think, a really daunting task. And it's so much easier to just perform well than to be able to explain why something that is happening is contributing to your anxiety. Because one of the things that Viagra and Cialis do beyond erectile functionality is they impact things like early ejaculation problems as well. So there's there's more to it than just the erection. There's, there's the whole realm of sexual life. You know, even being seen, many men do not like to be seen flaccid by their partners and like to only enter the arena when they're fully ready for performance. But do you think something's changed? I mean, that's always been the case and the difference between the genders. What has changed to bring this pressure about? Well, look, if I could just prepare on my own, then I don't have to communicate to you. I could just show up as if we're shooting a porno. And by the way, uh, every single man in every single porno is on more Viagra than any man does outside of a porno. Unfortunately, if you've ever seen any documentary about these performers, the things that they do to their bodies is really outrageous. Um, yeah, yes, you, you, you've been looking at porn. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you've been researching porn. Exactly. Um, so one kind of possible reason I'm speculating here, this change in men's self-perception, especially, and this rise in the recreational use of Viagra, Cialis, and similar drugs. Could it be overexposure to porn? Could it be social media? I'm not sure it's just social media, but I'd certainly say that for a lot of young men, their sex education comes from porn. So if it's based on seeing men, as Eddie was saying, that are performing in a very uh, virile way, they appear to be able to have sex when they want to, in whatever position, when, you know, an, um, for a long period of time. If they're judging themselves against that, they're not going to be able to behave or, or act sexually in the same way. 
So there's going to be a lot of anxiety about, well, it doesn't work in that way for me. So I need something to make it work better for me. And there's a lot of hype about Viagra. I mean, there are now adverts on television saying about men, if you've got a problem, you can get Viagra. Whereas it was something that that wasn't so easily talked about or so easily obtained. It's now easily obtained and it's out in the media. So I think porn does play a big part in why young men are seeking to use Viagra. Yeah, like watch any Premier League game and in the adverts you will see adverts for Viagra and they're similars nowadays. Yeah, they're going round on the billboards, you know, it's going on while the match is going on. So the guys are watching the football, but at the same time in their line of vision, they're seeing adverts for Viagra. So it's normalised and appears okay. So, Eddie, do you think the rise in dating app usage, social media and, of course, porn use... Do you think this is causing a shift in men's self-perception? Could it have more negative effects on men's sexual and psychosexual health? You know, social media has led to a lot of other things too. There are more men now pursuing six-pack abs than ever before, right? There's more women pursuing six-pack abs than ever before. And you know something? There are more people achieving those six-pack abs also. So there are more men pursuing being this amazing sexual performer akin to porno videos. And if they're taking Viagra and Cialis and trying, I think probably today, more people in their regular lives are having pornography sex than ever before, just because they've been consuming so much pornography sex. So is that bad? Is that good? I I think that it's possible that we're just as insecure as we were before, Uh, not necessarily any more so, but we're behaving and invested in the activity more so about it. Yeah. Right. So we've talked about there's greater access to porn, there's social media, there's dating apps with, you know, full disclosure of the size of your penis, all of this stuff. But there's still a social stigma around using drugs to enhance erections. So normally on our in conversation, we have someone with lived experience who's part of the conversation all the way through. We have struggled to find anyone who's prepared to use their full name and some even their voice. Peter, what do you think is going on there? Why have we got that disconnect? Well, I think it's linked to something that in a way we're alluding to in that I think there's confusion for men about how they're supposed to be sexually. There are myths about how often men should have sex, um, how they should have sex. And there's also a connection with, is it okay to be sexual? Do you know how to approach a partner and be sexual? So I think there's some confusion. I think there's a lack of sex education. I think there's an expectation that the man will perform. And so if he's struggling to do it, the shame of saying I need something to help me to get the erection prevents him from talking openly about it. If you listen to a group of men talking, they're quite often sharing exploits, sexual activities that they've done, but they'll never say that they've had problems. What they'll say is how successful they've been or how often they've been um, having sex. So it doesn't leave an opening to say, actually, I'm struggling. So actually having that increases the pressure, increases the social stigma. Exactly. Yeah. How much do you think couples are open about or men are open about their use of Viagra? I I think very rarely. It's more likely that they've been found out rather than they've shared that information. 
And I think one of the things Eddie talked about quite a bit earlier on is about communication. I think many of the people that I see struggle to share what they're really experiencing or um, talking about if they've got problems, how to resolve them sexually. I think there's a taboo about being able to talk about sex and to explain how to get your needs met or how to talk about uh, things if they're going wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, that's why therapy can be so effective because it allows them the chance to talk about it. And like we're doing now, it's just modelling that it's something that you can talk about without necessary shame or embarrassment. Right. So... Eddie, I'll come to you first on this. Is your bottom line that it's okay to use Viagra or Cialis, but not all the time? Is Do you have a kind of bottom line on that? Or would you say don't use it if you don't have a physiological problem? Oh, definitely don't use it. Like with every potential crutch, it's better to figure out how not to need one. However, if you feel like you need it and I'm the one who's prescribing it, I'll prescribe it, but my plan is going to be to help you not need it, uh, especially if you don't need it physiologically. I think if the man has a plumbing problem, he and his female partner are in it together. We want to be closer. We want to have intercourse. This little blue pill is going to help us achieve that because it's going to address this plumbing problem so then we could have our intimacy together. When you're dealing with a young man who's taking Viagra because of anxiety about something sexual, it already speaks to the disconnect with their partner. It's not something that's going to connect them. It's something that they're keeping from them because they want to appear more confident than they are. They want to appear more assertive than they are and more functional than they are without the medicine. I am a person who promotes truth and transparency. And I think that's the path to a more sexual and intimate life for couples. But it's way more likely achieved without, or at least with full transparency with. Peter, what's your bottom line? Well, I'm going to be seeing men that are coming saying they've got a problem. That's the starting point. So for me, I'm going with what they're saying. If they need that crutch to start off with, then I would encourage them to use it. When they get to a point where they want to start working on it, it's about reducing it and understanding that actually their body does work perfectly well. And it's recognising the link between your mind and your body. If your mind is preoccupied by performance, then your body's not going to perform in the way you want it to. If we can reconnect your mind and body so you're in one, you're working together, your body's going to work perfectly well and, and it's helping them to realise their body is working perfectly healthy and they don't need to rely on medication. Peter Suddington, Dr Edward Eddie Ratouche, Yasmin Sakai, thank you all so much for joining me. You're welcome, thank you. Thank you so much, thank you for having us. Thank you, it was a pleasure. And thanks also to the young men who shared their stories with us so openly. And of course, thank you for listening. You can read more about the use of erection-enhancing medication in young men and what it means for their self-perception in Yaz's article at medicalnewstoday.com. We'll be in conversation again at the end of December, where I'll be bringing the podcast team together to round up a fascinating year of medical news. I'm Dr Hilary Geit, and this is a High Vis Radio production for Medical News Today. 